Dear Diary, Making the decision to immigrate to Calgary felt like I was placing an Amazon order for freedom, endless possibilities, social security, and a beautiful world of seamlessly integrated multiculturalism. Only instead of autofilling my credit card information, clicking buy now and receiving my package the next day, I spent months filling out paperwork and acquiring various documentations. And I spent years waiting for my visa. And when my metaphorical package finally did arrive, it wasn't exactly what I ordered. We're Onya and Tomi, and on Diary of a Niger Immigrant, we're talking about what happens after you buy that one-way ticket. We'll chat with guests and hear their immigration stories. We'll commiserate, celebrate wins, and gossip about recent microaggressions. Buckle up, y'all. This is part two of our conversation with Daniela. If you missed part one, be sure to check that out first and then join us back here. All right, let's get into it. You know, someone out here thought about this for me. Yeah, mm. I love that it came from this idea of like, this is what you would have wanted for your mom. And oh, like, yeah. you know, this would have been like so helpful for her. Mm. I just want to like piggyback a little bit about what Oni was saying earlier, where it's, see, I'm sensing that you are very grounded in your sense of self and that you at least have been um, for a decent amount of time. And when you're talking about like going to school in the States and feeling like, okay, if I don't hold on to this, I'm just going to get lost. Mm -hmm. And even just that desire and like knowing like, yeah, this is who I am. And like, this is what's important to me. And I'm, and I'm like holding on to this. I'm curious to know if that has always been the case for you. And also, obviously, we're always talking about like immigration journeys here. So I'm very curious mm. to know what your journey looked like from nine when you like thought you were on a vacation, yeah. but were looking <laughs> in and immigrated already yeah. Yeah. to yeah. getting to that point where you're like an adult. You're like, okay, I'm heading up to the States for the for a bit. And I, I, I'm feeling at least somewhat grounded in sort mm. of like who I am. Like, well, take us through that journey a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean... When I was when I lived in Nigeria, I went to a British school, it's a British private school, so I was very familiar with uniforms and whatnot. So when we came here, um, and we were going to a Catholic public school, um, they don't have uniforms. Yeah. So first of all, that made me uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. I literally had my mom go to Walmart and buy all three of my me and my siblings the same outfits we would wear every single day. It's because oh, that's like cool. Because like, I wish yeah, I, I, I wish I incorporated that <laughs> from my sister yeah, because you know what it made us look weird and I, it's funny because like my friends now that I, I knew back then they were like oh like it was so strange you I was like you know what it's what it is it's how I felt yeah um, I love that but uh, but yeah and like you know I I wasn't familiar with like accents because. In Nigeria, like I could switch between like Nigerian and British, mm -hmm. so I was using like my British accent. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use too much of my Nigerian one because, like, I mean, I was in this space where, like, when you're with people who are like, I was brought up when you're around like white people, you wanna, you don't want to expose like your the Nigerian yeah. side. You know, you kind of want to just like fit Absorb, in. Yeah. So like, you know, so I would use my British accent, but I remember like going to bed, like thinking, oh, like if we're staying here, my accent is going to change. Like I'm so excited what it's going to sound like. So I would like kind of watch them and, and the little slangs they would use and try to incorporate that. Um, so I would say like, you know, as that grew and then I guess also joining sports teams also kind of helped because um, I was very athletic. So I felt comfortable like, you know, playing soccer at recess and what whatnot. And then eventually people were like, oh, there's a team you can join and things like that. Mm. Um, it kind of exposed me to feel more comfortable in the fact that okay, I can express myself through yeah. sport and things like that. Um, and, you know, 
as I'm around my teammates, I can kind of get my, let my personality show a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and then kind of expose myself in that in that sense. Um, so I, I would say as I got into you know, junior high is always an awkward time for everyone. Oh, yeah. The worst. Um, like honestly, part of me like choose to believe that this didn't happen <laughs> because of like there's so many things that I was just like I was so anxious about like mm. how people were viewing me, um, you know, also when it comes to like, you know, you know, um, like the dating side, you know, and just like feeling like, you know, nobody's, I don't know. I just, I had a lot of insecurities back then, yeah. I'd say. Um, but I think the biggest pivot point for me was high school was when I went to a predominantly like ethnic um, high school where there's a lot of black people, um, people who are from like Africa and different things like that, where I felt like, okay, wow, well, I, I can be a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was really what helped ground me the most. Mm-hmm. Um so that when I went to a, a situation where I was surrounded by um, a lot more Caucasian um, people, um, I wouldn't feel like I was, I'd need to hide anymore. Mm, you know, yeah. I, I allow myself to expose that part of me. And now I know it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't like it, that's who I am. Like, yeah. it is what it is. I'm going to make my food. If you don't like it, it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like things like that. And um, I, I'm lucky that my friends, uh, my roommates even, even took the time to even, Try it. Like, mm. I made, like, um, Eba and um, Banga soup one day, and I had them have a video of them literally, like, <laughs> eating it. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how I eat it. Yeah, like, and you know. And they didn't not... even go in with a fork. Good for them. Right? I, I, made, <laughs> it. I made it. I made I'm it. Proud. I made sure of it. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love mm. that. And I feel like, first of all, I love, like, with the sports piece that that makes so much sense, actually, that you had um like a little spot like this like pocket to like play i mean like figuratively and literally where it's like you felt safe in because like this yeah. uh, this i know i feel good in this mm-hmm. and so being able to express yourself in that way and then to slowly kind of be like okay this is me this is who i am and it's like it's safe to introduce that to people yeah. around me mm-hmm. um i love that and this is obviously so much about food food is such a huge part of you and what you do how do you feel like for you and just for people in general, um, how do you feel like food sort of informs who we are or our identity or how we express ourselves or, or how how we connect? How has food been a part of your personal journey? Yeah, I think um, just from what I've experienced is when it comes to food, there's different textures, there's different flavors. And if you're not familiar with something, you're not going to be excited to try it or smell it or, you know, so I think when we're talking about um, the introduction of ethnic, ethnicity and culture, um, I really think that uh, opening yourself to the possibility that the way you see your favorite food can be the same way someone else sees a dish that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like um, like Korean, so there's some Korean dishes when I saw it at first, I was like, hmm. I don't know about that. Like, you know, uh, you know, that looks that looks nice, you know, like <laughs> that looks nice, nice for you. But I don't know about that. But that's the same way that someone who's from like like a different background could see our food, like where a bono soup draws, mm-hmm. they it look might look gross to them, right? Mm-hmm. But it's delicious to us. Mm-hmm. Um so I think where food allows you to kind of understand that, hey, like to me, this dish is delicious. And um where you're kind of comfortable enough to eat it in front of other people, especially like I funny enough, like at my corporate job, I, I brought um 
I brought pound of yam um, and goose soup to my job. Really? And I was eating it. And yeah, I know. It's, wait, you know what? <laughs> to I was the like, office. It's my lunch. I love yeah. that. It's so my lunch. And, and it's best for lunch. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I mean, like, it's full. Like, and, like, I just felt like, you know, to me, it's delicious. And um, maybe not everyone around me can understand, like, you know, what that tastes like, what why it's why I um, attribute the flavors I do. Because also, like, you know, spice levels and everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think it's just that comfortability of knowing that, hey, to me, this tastes good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it looks good, too. And it, it, it looks, good to, looks to, really to us, good. right? Yeah. To us. But for some other people, it may not. And like when you're surrounded by other people who feel like, you know, who have tasted that food before and are seeing you eat it and are eating it the same way, you feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think like food is like that one thing where everybody eats it every day and there's variance. Right. When people think about like right now, if someone were like, oh, I want to try something different, they're going to think Chinese or Indian food. That's why everyone's so familiar with like butter chicken and, um, you know, orange chicken and all these different things that, um, you know, the Asian community has kind of brought in. But nobody's thinking about jollof rice, um, Nigerian samosas, like um, our version of fried rice, like things like mm-hmm. that, where it's like, wow, that's also delicious, where you can actually like you know, dip your toe into something different without having to try a soup that you've never tried before. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's like a little bit of like, um, um, creating that familiarity mm-hmm. so that everyone can kind of understand and, and, um, develop, uh, a, a, a larger palette than what they're yeah. seeing right now. Yeah. Right? We talk and I, I swear, I know I've been asking, like making so many <laughs> comments and asking so many points and I swear on you, like after this, I'm done and it's, it's <laughs> over to you. But we talk a lot, this just reminded me of like, we talk a lot about, we've talked a lot about, you know, like self-expression and belonging and all of those things and identity. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot, I remember in one episode about how, you know, the feeling to the desire to belong is often exacerbated so much by the fact that we feel like we can't just be and Mm. be ourselves. And when we feel like we can be ourselves, sometimes sometimes we don't feel as desperate to belong because we just belong here. We don't need to like necessarily find that community. And as you were talking, I started to think about food as self-expression in a way that I never have before in the sense of like, when you see somebody eating something that's like different and like special to them or delicious to them or just habit to them or whatever that feels different from you, even if you're not like, oh yeah, I have that dish too. Okay, now I'm going to bring it tomorrow or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just gives you that like permission and that freedom to be like, oh yeah, it's okay for me to show up exactly the way I want to show up. And so I think that importance of like, really, you know, yeah, giving that permission and encouragement of like, we need to be able to express those pieces of us. And that includes smells, that includes textures, that includes showing up with food or eating with your hands or doing things at at the office where people are kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then that'll give people permission to do the same, whatever that looks like for them. And Mm. so I love that, like thinking about food in that way of like, it is expression Mm -hmm. and it is... Um, it's a way that we can kind of allow each other to belong without even being in community. Yeah. So like, no, I love that. I love that take. Yeah. And I think something that came to mind is like, if you're in Nigeria, like people who work in Nigeria, they don't, it's not like they're bringing like spaghetti to work. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're they're bringing their food that everybody knows and is familiar with. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between you doing that there and you doing that here? Mm -hmm. Should you like kind of hide the fact that this is the food that you are familiar with and you're comfortable with because you want to present like 
I don't even know. Like, what does that even say about you if you don't feel comfortable expressing your culture um, in your in a workspace where they're paying you for your time? <laughs> yeah, like you're you are there because they like they need you. Yeah. So why shouldn't you feel comfortable enough to be you in that mm-hmm. environment? So like. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. And tell me, like, I, I can I can totally understand the reason why. Because even, like, from everything she said, it kind of puts me in your own story mm. as well. And she's a second-generation immigrant. And I would also say you're a second-generation immigrant. Because you didn't immigrate by yourself. Mm. Your mom brought, brought you here, right? Mm. So, like, it's almost the same thing, I would say. Mm. And so, like, having a childhood here and you having a childhood here, like, you guys have similarities. And I can totally understand mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh tell me like i feel like she resonates with this <laughs> yeah, story or like, something Whoa. like that yeah so yeah. like that's very understandable and one thing the reason why i said oh look egg soup looks good it's not like a bonus soup that actually draws yeah. because like in my office just yesterday i was showing the chef at my offices like he's about leaving and he was like oh only one thing i regret is not having you make nigerian food for me mm-hmm. and he was like he started mentioning so many foods like food that I wouldn't even expect a Caucasian chef to know about, like mm. Nkwobi. And I'm like, really? What? How do you know Nkwobi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. of all dishes, to like, you would expect them to know jollof fries right. and things like that. But for him to say Nkwobi, like, I was really surprised. And wow. that's just to show how food brings people together. I always say, like, the way to my heart is through my tummy Mm -hmm. and for so many other people so like they might not understand the kind of food we eat Mm -hmm. but the moment they try i feel like they're hooked so why our food tastes really good so why do we have to mask that aspect of ourselves i feel like we need to highlight that and showcase it and that's probably the reason why it's the bridge it's like Mm -hmm. a bridge between different cultures right yeah so that makes total sense even my husband like sometimes when i pack a lunch for him he's like he's going to go shock them again i'm like what (laughs) is wrong with you so he like he goes to the office and he's He's happy to eat his food. Like he cannot eat lasagna the way lasagna eat. He he'll rather put it in bread oh, and really? eat it. And he's like, that's the only way to eat it for me. That's so funny. like, it's not just the kind of food. It's also the way you yeah. enjoy way. eating it mm-hmm. and the way you feel like okay. Maybe this looks like beans, and so I'll put it in bread, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and I'll yeah. eat it together, just like we like to eat yeah. beans and bread. One thing I'm curious about is your relationship with your mom, mm-hmm. and the reason why. Like I know we kind of touched on that, but like growing up and having to kind of come into a sense of self and um, trying to absorb into the society, the situation where you, the environment you're in Mm -hmm. and trying to bring out that sense of self. Like, I want to understand, did your mom have a role to play in that situation and like your relationship with your siblings? And Mm -hmm. was it just something that you had to do all by yourself or did family have a huge um, role to play in that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would say, uh, you know, I came from an environment where I hate, to, I, I, it's so awkward for me to talk about this because I come from a place of privilege. But when I was living in Nigeria, like we were comfortable mm-hmm. where my parents don't know how to drive. Like, so even when they came here, that to take a test. My dad failed like five times. He blamed it on the devil. But like, yeah, like, so like, you know, so when we came here and, you know, I have to, 
and I'm young, you know, I have to do my own laundry. I have to do chores. So my mom and I had a tough relationship because I was the oldest where I was familiar with a certain lifestyle. Mm. And when you transition that to here and then I'm expecting things and she's struggling. So mm. we did have our spats where it was like, you know, I, I came, I was a little bit ungrateful. Um, and, you know, I say that now, if you had asked me when I was a kid, I'd be like, my mom doesn't, doesn't understand me. Yeah, you know? of course. Like she's as the every worst. teenager, <laughs> as every teenager, but like, um, I think I just came from a place where I was expecting things, um, and it did it did um, uh, put a wrench in our relationship as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I left school, I mean, when I left home and I went to school, that's really when I recognized, like, wow, like, okay, my mom really was riding mm. for me because I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I didn't expose everybody who goes away and leaves home. Like, oh, wow, like, when I have an apartment I need to buy, I need to buy Q-tips. I need to buy toilet paper other than, like, the fun things that I like. Like, you know, the things that, you know, you don't recognize that your parents do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that and then also just, um, you know, as the oldest, there was a lot of pressure on me to um, to communicate effectively to my siblings what was mm-hmm. going on. Um, there were times my mom was working a lot where she was even traveling to Nigeria and back where I had to take care of my siblings, mm-hmm. where I have, I was the one driving everybody to soccer and like making food. Like, yeah. Um, and I mean, and I think it's a lot of kudos to my mom, one, for trusting me enough to be able to do something like that, mm-hmm. but also giving me the foundation enough to be, to be, to, to handle a situation like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think a lot of those aspects have kind of formed me to the person I am now where, um, when a situation comes up, I feel confident enough to take on a challenge, whereas it's not like something that I feel, okay, I don't have this to, to help me with it. I don't have that to help me with it. Like you kind of create your own success, you know, um, and if you need help, you ask for it. Like mm-hmm. people are people are like, oh, people are always afraid of what it looks like to um, come from a place of, oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But that is honestly the best the most humbling experience you can ever, the humbling thing you could ever do is ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it will actually, it only only helps you improve your character, but allows you to recognize what it is that you're good at and what it is that you actually need to improve. Because mm-hmm. if you keep pretending like you know what you're doing, you have everything under control, you will actually never grow. Like, mm-hmm. you'll just, you just feel like everything that you're doing is, um, is right. Nobody can tell you what's wrong. And it's a very difficult place to be. Yeah. And I think, like, when I recognize that part of myself where... Okay, like, you know what? This is what I'm good at. And I acknowledge that, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing in this area or I need help in this area. Um, and even when I talk with my parents, like, you know, I'd say like maybe a couple of years ago, like if they give me any criticism or they tell me they don't like this, my first instinct is you guys don't get it. Like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. But your parents have lived. And I think what I've gained success from actually just like actually considering and listening to what they're saying. Like, mm. You know, like, you know what? Like, yes, sometimes... The things that you don't want to hear are the things that are going to help you the most. Mm-hmm. That's just life, yeah. you know. Like, like, and I think strengthening the muscle of um, feeling comfortable with hearing the things you don't like are mm. is like, it's hard, but it can really, really help you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the same thing with me. Like, I think, um, you know, when someone told me something that I don't like to hear, maybe, oh, like, you know, I don't. Maybe I don't like the way you talk to me about this or, you know, you hurt my feelings in this way. You acknowledge it. Wow. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, you know, like, you know, and being the first one to say I'm sorry is also is can be difficult. But yeah, I can I can I don't want to ramble. But yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think I mean, you were saying 
like have your mom having to go back to Nigeria and you like taking care of your siblings and that's huge kudos to her and it totally is. It's huge kudos to you too. I mean, even when you were saying earlier when you said you were 23, I was like, you must be the oldest. Like, and you're <laughs> such a classic old because I'm like, immediately oldest the birth was. order thing, yeah, it definitely, and it adds, yeah. it usually ages somebody, like, in a, not like physically, obviously, like mentally, mm. like intellectually, ages by like five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I feel like the youngest she sounds like, way more the, mature yeah, than her age. Mature. You're yeah. always gonna be like five plus years more mature. Yeah. And then, then the youngest, <laughs> yeah, the youngest, it's, reverse um, <laughs> you are incredibly immature i'm the youngest sibling um i want to also say i like that you mentioned um you come from privilege and you were saying like oh it's kind of awkward i'm like i don't think that's awkward at all no, i it's think not. like it's so great to talk about because it's so i mean everybody loves this like rags to riches story and be like mm-hmm. it came from nothing and like now look at me like and we love we love those stories right mm-hmm. and so then it feels like oh, I shouldn't be talking about this, but, like, I actually did okay. It's like, no, that's great to talk about for so many reasons. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, just because, like, yeah, everybody has a different journey. That's awesome. Secondly, like, in the in the context that we're talking about, there's so many different types of privilege, right? And, like, financial privilege is one of them. But you were saying you had to learn all of these things that you were yeah. like, wait, what? I never had to do this. Like, I'm yeah. learning to do laundry. I'm learning to do all of those thi- these things that, like, Maybe, yes, there are some things everybody has to learn in, to, in adulthood, but there are other things that probably you were like, oh, man, like, had I learned that before, like, this wouldn't be so difficult. So yeah, I think that's also, like, a very legitimate transition of being yeah. like, yeah, maybe I had all these, like, financial privileges, privileges, but there were these, like, life skills and things like that that then mm-hmm. I had to learn later uh-huh. in a completely different country, mm-hmm. and that's a whole challenge. So yeah. I think that's just, like, such a great part of your story mm-hmm. and doesn't yeah. at all mean, like, oh, it wasn't as hard or it wasn't as difficult. In yeah. some ways, I'm sure it made things way more challenging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially with snow. Like, where I, come, where I come from, snow is in a bag. You pour water. Oh, my gosh. When I was like, like really, <laughs> at Christmas, you put pour water, just add water, and you have snow on your tree. Yeah. And yeah. I remember my brother, like, we see snow from the sky, and it's on the ground, and you can touch it, and it's cold. Whoa, what is going on, right? like, Did you want to go back? Like, were you like, I've just been played. What is happening? I want to go home. <laughs> no, or you were you when like I was it? young, I always wanted, like, part of me always wanted to live abroad. So, okay. you know, You're it never it never pained me in that sense. Yeah. But I always thought about like, my friends. Like, you yeah. know, where are they now and things like that. And I'm actually still in touch with one of them that I, went, that I was still in school with. Um, but, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but yes. Um, I just I liked I liked living abroad. Love it. I'm taking this in stride. Yeah, this is me like, now. This is yeah, my life. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm Canada. So <laughs> you're like, can't, you can't tell me nothing. Like, yeah, I like, like, like message my friends. <laughs> Back home, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, just Canada. I just, oh. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so hard. I live here now. Snow and like, anyways, <laughs> like things no, like I that. Love like, that. That's yeah. Interesting. I, I can totally understand because, like, growing up, like where I grew up, the schools I went to and everything, we used to see those kids that would just leave, disappear all of a sudden. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, she's moved to Canada. Her like, just oh, like, oh, like mm-hmm. when would it be me? So like, yeah, I can totally relate with that, and especially because. You you were already a little bit more matured before you moved, like you were nine. Yeah. Unlike if maybe you were two or something, you would have been like, oh no, like there's something I'm missing. But you already tasted it and yeah. you can still remember what it tasted like. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that to- that totally That's makes sense. Funny. And again, like also the the part where you were talking about privilege. One thing that I love, I love that you highlighted that because most times the people here, I don't know the ideas they have about 
people in Nigeria and people oh, when we move. Yeah. Like they always think maybe we came from a hot a mud house <laughs> yes, or something like that. The jokes right? Must yeah. have been starving. So that's yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So that's sometimes like they would say something like, Do you know this? And I'm like, What the hell? Like, <laughs> what do you mean by that? You're like my family could <laughs> buy your family. Exactly. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> exactly. It's just that it's just a different environment and you unlearn so many things and you learn new things here because mm. everything here is DIY mm-hmm. and you have to do everything by yourself yeah. and you have to get your hands dirty which is a different challenge as well so mm-hmm. that yeah. I can totally relate with that because I moved with my two kids as well wow. yeah so wow. like as a, a mom of two young kids and you're like okay how do I do this when back home I didn't have to do this I had mm-hmm. a driver that was driving mm-hmm. me I had you a also car. spent a lot of time by yourself exactly too, yeah. where, like exactly so like it's so. it's just uh it's kind of weird. and I mentioned like the whole driving situation yeah. like it's, it's a different, so different it's so different so yeah. I can totally like I resonate with that part of your story but at the same time like I'm wondering how old were your siblings when you moved um yeah my brother was seven my sister was five Oh, so they were also very mature. They were young. My sister, not necessarily. Like, she started from, like, grade one. Yeah. So, like, yeah. she's very, like, Canadian. Yeah. Whereas my brother and I still have, like, you know, the, the, <laughs> the Nigerian where, like, Nigerian, yeah, yeah. Like, where, like, certain ways you talk to your parents, they, you do not talk, they talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, there's, there's a little bit of uh, changes there, but, yeah. yeah. So yeah. walk me through that, like, the changes you find between yourself and your brother and your younger sister who yeah. is very Canadian. And yeah. how, like, how have you guys been able to navigate the situation with them? You know, I think, I think it's funny, like, when we talk about older sister syndrome, like, you know, the, I feel like the mom that I had is different than the mom that they had. <laughs> yeah. Different than the mom, like, oh, like, you yeah. know, like, my mom, you know, when you're the oldest, you're like the test child. Or yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. to an extent, I always felt like, okay, well, if this is the way she treats me, this is the way they treat you guys. So then I would try and equate, equate those. But my brother and I um, both understand the level of respect that needs to be given to your parents. Because mm-hmm. in Nigeria... There is no child services I can come and pick you up. <laughs> so it's either you smart enough. And do you really want to go to child services? Oh do you? My These are serious. They're like, like make my day. I'm yeah. not for like, them to take you. No, like, you know, we were in an environment where that is the standard. Like mm-hmm. even where like even if like you like you kneel to 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 greet, greet elders, yeah. right? Like, you know, like so having that um um a repetition and uniform in your mind, like we recognize that anybody older than us, parents or whatever, that's how you treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Deb, oh, this my sister's name, Deb came up with a night with um, a more um, expanded opportunity to hey, you want respect, you give me respect. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so like so that that, <laughs> oh, that, caveat, that yeah. caveat of like yeah. you know like you know like where. Um, this is how I think it's supposed to be. Yeah. Whereas what your parents are saying, this is what it is. Yeah, 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 right? exactly. So like, so, so like, you think, do not think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's, it is what I, it is what I say. It. Yeah. Um, but I think my mom's also been very good in, in, and really working hard in trying to equate both. Yeah. Like she, you know, she recognizes that there's some good things from Canadian culture and there's also some good things from Nigerian culture. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what has raised me into who I am. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if you, when you have a parent who is very like free spirited, do whatever you want, they can have the repercussions. And when you have a parent who's very strict, there are also the repercussions. Mm-hmm. But I think when, um, no matter what, like, 
kids are always going to find something that like you know you damaged me in this way of right course. yeah but i just feel like um when you come from like african culture regardless that's just the standard yeah mm. um and when you're around as many like when, when deb was you know with around so many people that she was around like it can be difficult to to see like why should i you know because she doesn't have that uniform kneeling talking to people with respect like you know like not raising your voice like yeah, things like that she doesn't she doesn't have that. that like you know um wiring right from from, from young mm-hmm. so i think that's that's part of it yeah um isn't that cool to watch your mom evolve though i find that really uh, interesting yeah. i mean yeah. i'm sure it's annoying because because yeah. you're like again the, they're always the hardest on the older child rules matter so much and then by the time they get to the youngest one they're like eh. i'm tired <laughs> yeah, yeah they're like you do your thing do you. but i i do i think it's so interesting to like watch parents evolve mm. and like you know because i'm like yeah that must be really challenging i don't know like i get super set in my way so i can only imagine yeah i think they're learning too and i think for immigrant parents like this is an environment they're not used to like mm-hmm. you know especially like my mom spent 40 years in nigeria like you can't like you know just come out of this experience where okay now i'm just gonna start acting like this way like mm-hmm. it's it's difficult so like yeah. i feel like she she really did do her best yeah. to kind of equate both mm-hmm. um i think we gotta give immigrant moms some props like oh, it's big up to immigrant moms yeah shout out <laughs> shout out to all shout of you out. doing yeah. it and you. <laughs> thank you so much um okay before we move we have these like last two questions that we always ask any, everybody but before we move into that is there any do you have any other questions um i just them? wanted to find like do you have any other thing about the bridge that you'd like to highlight mm. for people to know about yeah. and yeah yeah um so i would say uh like i mentioned like we're really trying to get um ethnic food into society as a norm and i think that starts with, with just um you know having in corporate offices getting into schools um but i really want people to understand that you know we are trying to highlight and bring ethnic culture to the surface mm-hmm. whereas you know i feel like a lot even even right now with with how the bridge works is that i recognize that all these different cultures stick to their own filipinos stick with filipinos nigerians stick with nigerians but creating a hub where everyone can find something on one platform mm-hmm. and they can rely on it not just for food but also for work if you have mm. if you have a talent like you know like we're even working on eventually becoming an event management center as well Ooh. where you want to have a Nigerian wedding here there's <gasps> someone who can make the food yes. someone who's an Afrobeats DJ yeah I mean, there's even someone who would actually make Nigerian clothing yes. here so you don't have to like and get you your can find the MC because that's a huge exactly. yeah. 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 yeah yeah and the saxophone that. players yeah. And, yeah. Like, and like you that's don't have to like sick. have your measurements and then send them abroad and then have them come back like, yeah no there's someone here that can do it so like. That is the vision of what I see for the bridge is like, that's what I want people to find comfort in is like, I've come to a new country, but I'm going, but I'm not far from home. Like there's a bridge to take me back home, Mm. right? There's a bridge to take you back home. um, And that just comes with, hey, like somebody thought about this for you. Mm. Like, you know, even like um, we're working with, I sent a letter to the mayor's office a couple months ago where we're hoping to get a stipend from the government and provide low-income families with discounts to use our platform. When you come to a new country, you don't have a car. 
don't know mm-hmm. where things are. Yeah. So you come on the platform, you could say, oh, wow, there's this dish, this is this dish. Order for your family. Mm-hmm. You're preserving your culture and you still have time to allocate your funds and whatnot to other yes. things. Also, just right? finding a grocery store that has yeah. ingredients so, that so you tough. need. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. even just having that a place you can go, I'm like, okay, for the next, like, couple months I'm good and then I'll you know then I'll figure out you know where to buy ingredients or what I want to do or whatever like oh, yeah and so important. you know for me I don't even think about like if, if people are in Nigeria and think oh I want to go to this place in Canada like oh do they have the bridge that's something I want people to consider like oh there's someone there that can make you feel like okay like I'm gonna be okay mm. like you know like, you know, you're, maybe you're going to school in Windsor and you're like, oh, I hope the bridge is there. Oh, yes, because there's someone there that can make it. Yes. You know, like with how much immigration is growing, yes. like there is always someone that can make it. And that's what we're doing. Like we're yeah. finding those people and we're saying this is a platform for you and you we will bring you business because there's people that's who are looking awesome. for you. Yeah, yeah. Right? this is huge. Yeah. Just, yeah. Note to self, Julio, cut this part because this is. Yeah, just business. <laughs> but this is huge. And I'm like, let's, I'm going to follow up. We need to talk because I'm like, this is, I'm super stoked about this. We absolutely need to do a feature on you at Afros in the City and the oh, Bridge. I'm okay. really, really, really excited about this. Um, I just think your vision, like, it makes a lot of sense. It's super, super clear. Um, and it's just so exciting. I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. And something that also came to mind when you started saying that whenever you get that, um, when you hear back from the mayor's office, could you keep us posted? Absolutely. Because it just reminds me of when I first moved here and it was so hard. Like we, you have so much money, but then you don't know where the money went because then you're doing so many things. And I was at SAIT because I moved Mm. as a student and I was at SAIT and getting groceries was very hard Mm -hmm. because at some points, like it was hard paying school fees, paying rent, doing the whole trans... It was just hard. Daycare mm-hmm. and everything was just so hard. And then at Sates, they gave me, like, some gift cards for food. Mm-hmm. But it was only some shops. Mm-hmm. So, like, Sobeys and those kind of shops for mm-hmm. me to... But if we had something like the bridge where we could get, like, a gift card or discount mm-hmm. for people, like, immigrant moms who just mm-hmm. moved and they just need something that is cheaper but something close to home. Mm-hmm. So that I feel like that's something we could actually do for people to help other people, like, help... Um, immigrant like new people who just need money like mm-hmm. low-income families that just moved and don't have because i couldn't work then i was a student i was spending money but i wasn't earning anything so yeah. it was just it was just so if there are people in my situation like in that situation i, f- I found myself then and they find themselves in that kind of situation now i would really love to help them and i would love to use the bridge so mm-hmm. yeah if yeah. you could just keep us posted yeah, on how that definitely. goes that would be nice that, yeah. it's just so needed and yeah. so oh, i'm i'm so excited i'm so excited for you and what yeah. you're building and this is just yeah awesome. no i appreciate well it well done um, <laughs> yes well done um, okay we have a couple questions that we always sort of wrap up with and i feel like with this first one especially we've already kind of touched on it in so many ways um, sort of the the question is more or less, what's a common misconception that people have about um, whether you, your culture, your industry, that type of thing, a, a myth that you want to kind of bust, so to speak. So, for example, I mean, we've talked a lot about food and, you know, maybe a common misconception that people have about whether it's Nigerian cuisine or whether it's just about Nigeria and living in Nigeria or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like you have something in mind because you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about like, also, something that came to mind was like Nigeria in, in general. Yeah. Um, like it's busy. 
Um, there's a lot of you can literally live a, have a luxurious vacation there if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not one thing that came to mind. But I think um, I think maybe when we talk about food, maybe like how spicy it is. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's really really hot. But there's so many other dishes that you can try that you will like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even from my from this experience at the bridge, like so many different cultures have different things that are their staple. But there is one thing that you will like in every culture. Like, mm. at least one. Like, yeah. like literally, whether it's for us, maybe for one person, it's just puff puff. It's not spicy. Mm. It's it's literally a donut, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe for um, Filipinos, they have, like, this um, thing called... Um, uh, it's, it's like a pork barbecue, like, um, skewer. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's really good. And that's really, like, unique to their culture. Yeah. Ukrainians have this thing called borscht. Like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a lentil soup, I think. Oh, I hope I said that right <laughs> um, no. I think is it so, cabbage? Yeah, I know they use no, a lot yeah, of cabbage. Is, you know what? Don't quote me on that. But mm. borscht, yeah, <laughs> borscht is is like an Ukrainian dish. It's like very you can eat it when it's warm, so it's like good for like colder weather, like stuff like that. It's delicious. Like mm. so, I think like like um, a myth is like every culture you're not gonna like it. You yeah. know, when you look at it, it doesn't look nice. Mm-hmm. But there's always one thing. That's actually such a good point because I just feel like if you were to try something here or whatever, if you were to try like, I don't know, salmon and you didn't like it, you'd be like, I don't like salmon. Mm. But so many people will like try something and then they're like, I don't like Korean food. And it's like, no, you just didn't like the dish. You would would never be like, I don't like Canadian food. You'd just be like, I don't like salmon. So it's like, just say whatever you have. Like, yeah, Yeah. there's such so, so true. It's like, there's a plethora of dishes and way to cook and like ways to cook things like Mm -hmm. the same way there is anywhere else. And so like, yes, you do not not like whatever type of food. You just haven't had a dish that you liked yet. Like straight mm-hmm. up, that's totally straight up. Um, love that. Okay, we have a final yeah. question. Only and the final question is this question. My, I don't know how you're gonna answer it, but you're gonna answer <laughs> <Uh-oh>. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's um, what what is that one thing you wish you knew before actually buying that one way ticket? You didn't buy the one way <laughs> yeah. ticket. Your mom <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> but what is like? I know maybe. The an easy answer would be, oh, I wish I was actually immigrating and not going yeah, for vacation. But no, yeah. that's not what we're trying to say. Like, that maybe something that has to do with identity, maybe something that has to do with self, some something that has to do with your culture, or like, something that you would like tell your younger self yeah. now before mm-hmm. coming or in yeah. transition, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would say something like. The one word that comes to mind is you're going to be challenged. Mm. Um, like, because I think for me, when I was coming, I was expecting, because I had this vision of just Caucasian society where you see all the movies and like Disney Channel and like, you know, like, and you're thinking about like, oh, like, this is how I'm going to make friends. This is how I'm mm. going to, you know, like talk like them and like be in this environment. But it's going to be a challenge, but you're going to be rewarded. Mm. Like, you know, like it's something that, I think that comes with anything. Um, but I think, yeah, I'd say challenge is, is the one word that comes to mind um, because I think as Africans, when you live there for so long, you have a mentality of what Caucasian lifestyle is because there's so many few of them that come here, come there, and then, you know, they have to come with their accents and, you know, with their 
um, you know, maybe they'll come for like a little bit because they're doing a mission trip or something like that, mm-hmm. um, where you feel like, oh, wow, like where are they, where are they, where are they from? Like, wow, like, you know, just that wow aspect of just Caucasian cultures mm. is very enticing, mm. um, especially for someone who was, you know, I was around them and I was like, oh, I wish I was, I don't want to go there and say like some of the things that I was thinking when I was in like junior high. Oh, really? oh, I wish I was I wasn't white, but mm. it I... gets so much worse and darker than that. I'm like, yeah, don't, don't yeah. you worry. Like, when you're not we alone, been there. <laughs> yeah, let's not even go there. But, <laughs> yeah. We have been. But yeah, there. I would just say to my younger self, you're gonna be challenged, um, and uh, but um, but it's gonna be rewarding. Mm. Um, so yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you so no much. Thank you so Thank much. You this guys. has been such a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. I've just like loved getting to know you and, and mm. hearing your story. This is super exciting. I feel like we will have many more conversations. So mm-hmm. I'm awesome. really excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for now, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Right. We will talk to you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> Diary of a Niger Immigrant is presented by Afros in the City in collaboration with Through Oni's Lens. You can keep up with us on Instagram by following Afros in the City, following Through Oni's Lens, and of course, following Diary of a Niger Immigrant. Once you've done all that, just keep listening. Rate us, review us, love us, root for us. Until next time. <laughs>